there's certainly no shortage of gear, equipment, or firearms manufacturers here in the United States if you're into the shooting game. One of the things that fascinates me is all the new products that continue to come out to help shooters be better at the things that they do on the range or potentially on the job. Behind every new or innovative thing that hits the market, there's always a person. In this episode, I sat down with Aaron Quinn, the president and CEO of Cobalt Kinetics, famous for their Cobalt rifles. In this episode, Aaron talks about where Cobalt and how Cobalt got started, where it is now, and where it's moving. If you don't know anything about Cobalt, I think you're going to want to know more after listening to Aaron's story. He's constantly exploring how innovation and improvements can make you a faster and more accurate shooter. If you're looking for a little bit more innovation or improvement in your own health and fitness program, maybe check out rdftrainonline.com. Red Dot Fitness sponsors this show and has several products and services to help you be a healthier, more active, and more vibrant you. So check out rdftrainonline.com. RDF Strong is a great program for anybody that's looking to look better, feel better, and perform better. So when you get to rdftrainonline.com, check out RDF Strong and use code STRONG20 at checkout for 20% off. That's STRONG20 for 20% off. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. So here we are, we're at SHOT Show. I'm sitting here with uh, the president and CEO of Cobalt Kinetics, otherwise known, or people might know you guys as the Cobalt Guns Co- Company. This is Aaron Quinn. Aaron Quinn, Quinn, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm stoked to have you here. I'm super glad to be here. This has um, been sort of this uh, confluence of events that have happened in my own life and through my journey that's kind of put us here in the same room together. I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm going to just be kind of a fanboy for a second because I'm a huge fan of the company. And part of that is the influence that some of the people on my journey um, have had through your company and how that's influenced me uh, to ask questions, to connect with people. And uh, one of the things I find the most that I find myself very fortunate to have done was been connected with this incredible group or circle of humans, people um, and it just so happens to be in an industry that I'm very passionate about and that has just led to all, all kinds of other things. And so here we are in Las Vegas at SHOT Show and you're sitting across from me and I got lots of questions for you, man. I'll try to have all the answers. <laughs> I think one of the things that I want to start off with just jumping right in, this is the one that I get from people when I, when I sort of made an announcement, I was like, you know, you do the social media post, Hey, here's who's coming. And they're, you know, they see the list of people and they saw your name on it. They're like, dude, how'd you get that guy? Like, and, 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 and I'm we don't know anything about him. This is going to be awesome. Like, I really don't know that much about the guy behind the curtain, you know, kind of the wizard behind the curtain thing. 
And I go, man, I don't know either. I have zero intel on this guy. I don't know anything about him. Um, which makes this an interesting interview for me and uh, and way to go. You're looking at me like, that sounds so weird. It, it, I mean, it, this makes this an awkward interview for me. <laughs> I, I looked at that list and I'm like, you've got all of these bad dudes that have been there, done that, you know, super talented guys, and then like dorky me in there going, I don't, you know, one of these doesn't fit. So that's, that is weird. Well, I think the, the interesting part about that is a lot of those bad dudes, you know, in there have, uh, you know, they're very, very much connected with your company, right? So I think that's probably where a lot of that comes from. And like, again, part of the privilege that I have is talking with people at sort of all ends of the market spectrums, right? Yeah. And, you know, from the end user like me, who's just Joe Citizen, who's looking to um, improve his training, have good quality stuff, gear, wants to understand how it all works, but also has a limited bandwidth to, to, yeah. to certain the knowledge that I have or the training that I can get. And then, and then you, again, you working with this, you know, from that level in terms of where the product ends up all the way up to the, the most elite tier one type people in the country that, that, um, that carry a gun and, and use a gun for a living or a firearm for a living. And they're choosing cobalt for, for a reason. And I don't know all those reasons. I really don't. Um, and so to kind of preface this, this conversation before I start really getting into it or the questions with you is what I hear though, at the end of the day, um, when people, when I ask the question about cobalt or people bring up cobalt, whether I'm prompting it or they are, it always 100% of the time comes down to, and the people there, they talk about the people behind the company, um, and last thing I'll say before we get into this is that, and kind of, I think laying the groundwork for you for, for this conversation is that I see there's this, you're making choices like in decisions on the people, right? And this is what I've gathered in the last couple of days and hanging around your booth and talking with your folks. Um, you've, you've chosen very, very specifically who you put on your team. But when you look at the quality of the talent and the level of people, and this also goes back to the end user who are choosing to use your equipment or use your product. They choose you. They don't have to, you know, they were, these people were somewhere else or were doing other things and were, were very successful in their own right. And have chosen cobalt more specifically. They've chosen Aaron. It's what it always comes down to. It's like, and I just saw what Aaron was doing and I believe in what this company is doing and I believe in where it's going and I believe in what it stands for. And that's why I'm here. And that just, that's attracted all these other people in along my journey that have, that have influenced me. So that's just kind of my piece again in fanboying just for a second. Um, but I want to know about you, man. Like, so who is this guy that is, that's running this really top tier, top tier company that's getting so much attention in a different kind of way. Um, and what I mean by that is it's the users that are talking about it, not like it's, and it's about, again, like I said, about the people. And it's kind of coming from this groundswell from the bottom up is the way I see it from my perspective. But um, let's talk about Cobalt, man. Let's talk about Cobalt first. Let's talk about, you know, just the company as a whole and um, where you fit into all that. Okay. Uh, I mean, kind of addressing where that is, uh, you know, I don't see it as them choosing me individually. Um I feel like we choose each other. And the cool thing is 
with with all of these people, we've um, <clears throat> there's a deliberate process we go through, and I I'm not a social media guy. Um, I have an Instagram account that is as as like empty okay. <laughs> as as can be. Like I'll post a story, but I'll post a story that has. Been I've been tagged in it, so I re, I just re, I'll repost stuff. I got you. Um, but before Cobalt, I didn't have one, and you know, even when I I bought Cobalt, I didn't have an Instagram account um, until I started getting more and more into it. So a lot of these guys, I didn't necessarily know. Um, I didn't know their backstories as much. I didn't. I don't know what their influence is. Um, I I don't think I. Still understand what influence on inst- Instagram is. You're blessed, um, then, man. You're blessed because it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird place, dude. <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out for a couple of years, but that's just one thing I can't. Um, and so I'd be introduced to to an individual, or I would, you know, f- see someone in, in in something, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is, and. It's hard for me to justify working with someone based off of what someone else says. And so we've always gone through this almost like a courtship, mm-hmm. you know, well, I won't talk to someone and like, they won't be, they won't be working with us in a week, 10 days, a month. You know, some of these guys, it's four or five months of us going back and forth. And a lot of it's behind the scenes. Um, and that's an important process to me because as, as I've seen, you have perception that everyone takes based off of a video, based off of a post, based off of just a, just a jadedness even sometimes where it's very negative and you get that, um, you know, the term shill is out there all the time and mm-hmm. people just think, well, it's money, it's this, it's, you know, marketing, it's whatever. And it's important to me that, well, I can't control what anyone else thinks or how they perceive a scenario, but inside I know that... Um, the people we have are are extremely genuine and they genuinely either like the product or they like the direction in a way that they know we're going to listen to them and make changes to meet their needs or wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that for me, it is, it's way more mutual than it is them choosing me. Like I'm, I'm literally a nobody. Um, it, it's, it, I mean, maybe the rest of the conversation will be awkward because I'm just not that guy. I hear you. But yes, Cobalt, like, like where did it, how did it, how did all of this go down? Yeah. I mean, I think you got it in there. I think you just did a really good job with that. I mean, I, that's, I think that really sets the stage for why we don't know that much about you or why I don't know that much about you mm-hmm. and, and, uh, how this conversation is going to go. So I'm going to be really specific about how I answer my, or ask, ask you questions. But in the talking about Cobalt, you got to talk about yourself it, it, because, I am interested to know, I really don't know how you came about Cobalt. Like, how did that start? So maybe you, we do reverse engineer this a little bit and you talk about yourself and just kind of had, where, where, where do you fit into the industry? How did this happen for you? And, you know, when did Cobalt become a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, my entire life, I have loved firearms and knives. I don't know which one I actually like more. Um, <laughs> like, uh, just weapons in general history history is a a big passion of mine i love i grew up in the south i'm from georgia and uh so i grew up 
in elementary school learning about the Civil War mm-hmm. and then other other wars throughout history. And I just gravitated towards it. And um, the weapon side, I've just, I've always been into firearms, mm-hmm. always been into guns. And in 2015, I wanted to be a part of a, of, of the industry, not, not the industry necessarily, but I wanted to be a part of a store. So I um, did a little bit of investing and uh, in that process, actually, this is the irony of this is fairly funny. Um, 2015, walk into my buddy's store. He's super excited and he's going, dude, look what I just got. It's on the wall. It's a company out of St. George, Cobalt Kinetics. And I looked at it and I'm like, do you even know me? <laughs> I would never own that gun. That is that is not my style at all. Why? What was what did it look like then? Uh, at that point in time, the the billet, uh, mm-hmm. the billet AR was was more of a, a a commodity and a higher end, but it was the dimensions were a lot wider. They were thicker, heavier, bulkier. Um, so it had that. It had all these sharp lines and and weird angles and spikes on the end of the, the handguard. It was, uh, I keep a picture of, of that gun with me. Uh, just kind of, just kind of think back and, and kind of remind myself of, uh, of the path that, that I got here. Um, but it was like a blue, like almost like your shirt color mm-hmm. and then a red barrel and a red buffer tube, just yeah. super flashy. And if anyone who knows me, like you're going to see me in the same brand of pants same every day, you're going to see me in a t-shirt every day Mm -hmm. and probably some beat up vans and that like that's who i am Mm -hmm. very simple uh less is more uh less is i mean no not necessarily uh i think the simplicity of it is 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 a choice that i don't have to like make every day like Uh, there's not a complex what am i gonna wear today it's like Like, a uniform right yeah yeah yeah, almost (laughs) yeah um but I was like, man, I, I would never own that gun okay. yeah. ever. Um, at the time, I was uh, I was in pharmaceuticals. I spent um, about eight years in in pharma, okay. and I was a consultant for the for the longest time. Um, I, I kind of call myself uh, a, a pharmaceutical economist, um, hmm. and I. I did, people, you know, asked all the time and it was, it was a really niche, uh, consulting gig that I had, um, cause there weren't many, if any others, um, I would go into pharma companies and find their lowest performing products mm-hmm. and identify ways to increase that, mm. um, by restructuring by in like from a product development perspective, like from the, no, like dead product. Got it. Probably, you know, in the generic drug market, there is, you know, there could be a hundred different versions of one drug. Okay. Um, you know, multiple of the same drug within one mm-hmm. manufacturer, even mm-hmm. just with, you know, different codes that build differently based upon, sure. you know, it's a machine. Yeah, yeah. If I go too deep into that, I might, <laughs> I might get some people angry. But, um, <laughs> so I, I would identify those things and, um, Actually, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, the way that I structured that that research and and process to move forward is uh, is has it plays a lot into what we do at Cobalt. 
but I would look at the drug itself, what category it was, who it who it affected, um, and, and this was all non narcotic stuff. Okay. A, lot, a lot in dermatology, um, a few in um, yeah, just uh, it was it was all non narcotic stuff. Okay. Um, but I would then go to physicians and a group of physicians, you know, throughout the country, and then I would talk to pharmacists and pharmacies themselves. Um, and identify what the struggles were. Why, from a pharmacist side, if you're given the opportunity to choose a generic, why do you choose what you choose? Okay. From a physician's side, when you're prescribing for this uh, ailment, whatever it, what the, the purpose behind it, what, why do you choose this over this? And I would start to gather all of this information, then take it back to the manufacturer and say, if you do this, this, and this, if you structure okay. it in this way, like. I guarantee it'll, you're going yeah. to increase, you know, what, whatever percentage it was, um, and developed a really cool piece around that, um, and carried that through to 2020, um, COVID hits and February, 2020, all of my travel got cut because everyone's did in that industry, yep. no shows, no, um, opportunity was really weird. And yeah, uh, even walking into doctor's offices is going to be restricted, right? Cause you know, if they're not closed, then you you can't you couldn't even go in with a family member, you know, to the hospital if yeah. they were having a baby for crying out loud. It was nuts in places. Bizarre times. So it shut everything shut shut all this down for you. Shut it all down. And so it just became Zoom meetings and phone calls and mm. uh spreadsheets. Mm. And uh had a property in St. George, five hundred acres. It was nothing at the time other than a little driveway that went up and a uh little parking area that my truck actually pushed on on its own so mm-hmm. uh but got great cell coverage and just propped up a lounge chair computer <laughs> and my phone and i spent all day out there and you know between phone calls i would shoot and uh someone called me one day and said hey cobalt kinetics is selling a connex box it's got Galotech in it it's got gun racks uh they want like 3500 bucks for it it would look really cool at your property. I'm like, all right, I'll go, I'll go check it out. And I walked in and it was full of guns and it being COVID time. I had an FFL by this time. Um, Hold on a second. Did you say 3,500 bucks for a Connex box full of stuff? No, no, no. I I was just going, the 3,500 bucks was just for the Connex box itself. Okay. But when I walked in, it was full of guns. Got it. It's like 200 something guns in, in there. And it was like, walk in like, oh, this is neat. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we couldn't, like guns were really scarce at that time because yep. everyone was buying them. And so I asked them, I'm like, well, are any of the guns for sale? Mm-hmm. They say, yeah, all of them are. I mean, it's kind of weird to ask a company if like their products for sale. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, everything's for sale. We're selling the entire company. Kind of like hit me. Oh, really? Like, Cool. Yeah, you know you can flip these guns. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, I went out of pharmaceuticals. Like, I hate my life. It was miserable. Like, money was great. Mm. Travel was bad. Like, every everything outside of the financial side was horrible. Like, quality of life, it was just miserable. And so, I did some thinking. I had a partner at the time. And I uh, went back, discussed it, took him over there. We made an offer that night. And it was an asset purchase, so diligence. This is going to happen pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So nine days later, 
signed the documents, and I was out of pharmaceuticals. Wow. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, I mean, you start to look at like opportunity and the things that are happening. I mean, you know, you can flip the guns, right? So you could make a profit off of that. But what the hell are you going to do next? Now you, what was the plan? There wasn't a plan. That what happened next, I guess, is maybe more, maybe more of the question. Yeah, so everything I do in life is, I try to be extremely calculated. I can tell. And look at, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I examine something, I'm going to look at what the desired outcome is. Mm-hmm. But then I want to try to find as many alternatives, consequences mm-hmm. um, of what could happen. And this was one of those times where I just saw guns. And, it's completely uh, out of character. Yeah, it's a weakness. Um, and I did not realize the the reputation that Cobalt had had. Um, obviously, like I had no records. Um, I couldn't contact dealers. It was it was a uh, it was a it was a known in there. But um, I realized really quickly that one, I didn't like that gun. I wasn't gonna continue on with that line. But then I had to rebuild a lot of stuff and repair that reputation, repair that brand. Like um, when you say stuff, what do you mean? When you had to, when you had to repair it, what do you mean? The, just the perception. Um, perception. Mm-hmm, as well as the relationships that uh, dealers had with the with, Directly the with the company. Mm-hmm. So were there people, were there employees of this company at that time or, and you, or you were just buying the assets, there was nothing really else going on there? What was, what was the, what, how was that structure? There really wasn't. They had been trying to sell for about a year. Okay. Um, and it, because of COVID and everything, like they were furloughed and uh, mm-hmm. maybe there were a couple here and there or part-timers. Um. So, no, I wasn't taking any employees. Um, I had set up some interviews with people that uh, had been employed previously there. Um, I rehired the Sarah Coder because I, I did see a lot of his work, and it was he's an incredible mm-hmm. asset and um, really good at what he does. Um, and he's still with us today. And uh, they had an in-house design engineer. And I, we first, I first contracted with him just to see how we meshed, how we got along, if he could, you know, take what's in my head and... That courtship piece again. And put it down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I learned real quick. Um, and about 45 days later, I made a job offer to him and uh, brought him on full time mm-hmm. because we just, we, we just clicked from a productivity perspective. Um, I could, I can tell him what I want and I'll draw it. Um, whether, you know, it's like on dry erase or something else and it doesn't look at all like what, <laughs> but he can get inside your head, but like he like translates it, it into yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. Um, and I wanted to just, I, it, the opportunity was there. And so flip the script and do what I want. Yeah. Um, do what I think makes sense in, in, in that platform. I think the, um, so again, the out of character move and you said like weakness, Right. And I look at it as like, or, you know, subconsciously it's knowing an opportunity when you see one and there's a risk assessment that's happening there, but it's maybe secretly unknowingly or maybe knowingly and not wanting to admit it because you didn't have a plan and it just doesn't make sense knowing that this shit's going to work. 
Like this is gonna, we're gonna make this, we're gonna make this work. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Well, steps were definitely skipped. Mm. Like definitely <laughs> skipped. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into purchasing a company. There's a whole hell of a lot more when you have to rebuild, and that sounds like a complete and total overhaul. So if you had to like compare and contrast to what you got then to where you are now, and it's not a long time. I mean, COVID was basically we're gonna be three years from like the shutdown piece, which you which you brought up in less than 30 days, you know, when things like everything started to shut down. So we're talking three years and three years time. What's happened with the company in that amount of time? Because what you're doing, like I said, I sort of alluded to this before, I mean, getting into the hands, the new product, the development, the distribution, the manufacturing, the distribution, um, the, the marketing, the branding, you know, behind it, that seems like record lightning pace to be able to make the kind of impact that you're currently making in an industry that is as massive, as fast moving, as is innovative. There's a new brand every week, you know, and something there's new gear um, and just keeping up with all of that. What's the difference then to now? I mean, and I just kind of said some of those things, but there it's out there, but what does the company look like from a structure perspective? Um, we have more than a couple employees. Um, I think there's 16 foolish time employees okay. and some consultants and uh, then independent reps. And uh, most of, uh, not most of us, about maybe a third of us actually are in St. George proper okay. um, in the shop. Uh, and the rest are kind of scattered throughout the country. Okay. Um, the marketing and sales side is, is based out of Florida. Okay. With uh, with with Gabe and uh, yeah, just that's so I, I it goes from you and your partner to now sixteen ish full time, and then you've got other people you're contracting. Like you said, what was the first thing you recognized you needed to do uh, to get this thing turned around and to make it into the product that you wanted to? Because there's there's two things. There's like the want to do something cool and have some fun and design, have some control and design. Uh, control or whatever of creative on the thing that you want to do. It's another thing to be able to sell that and turn that into a business. What was the first thing you had to do? Uh, I, I mean, I started with a blank canvas. Um, I had gone to SHOT Show in 2020, January, um, right before COVID kind of shut everything down. And I heard over and over and over um, about handguard strength mm -hmm. and the attachment point of a handguard. And I remember looking at it um, and going, like, all we're all, I get it. That might be a little stronger, but you're still like, it's still band-aiding. We're still looking at something from we have, we can't change X, but we'll just change the fastener. And, um, I remember thinking like, that's, that's the wrong way to, to go about any of this. Like there's so many, like wh why? If, Cause you're looking at it in all its constituent parts versus looking at it from the inside, like the whole as an entire system. Is that, that it? Because I think I know where you're going with this. Cause I'm a little bit familiar with it, but 
Yeah, you're looking from the outside in, and how do we do things on the outside? Well, maybe if we're looking at like building motors, for example. Like if I want to increase horsepower, there's a lot of ways for me to do this. I can strap on new manifolds, new carburetors, new fuel injection systems. Um, I can put on headers, you know, on my hot rod or whatever else, and that all is going to produce a little bit of horsepower externally. But then there's all the internal work that can be done to a motor that really is going to translate to the power. Now we start going with, you know, bigger cylinders. We go with different pistons. We're doing things with the crank. We're balancing things. We're nitrating things. We're starting to put in injection ports so that we can, you know, put, you know, blow and inject this thing. Like everything starts to change from the inside out versus the outside in. But if you're looking for a quick change and, or you don't have the skills, the resources, um, and process for, you know, knowledge of process in order to be able to do from the inside, which usually is a lot more expensive, right? And it takes a, a um, it's usually more expensive and it's way more uh, like invasive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're left only to go at the outside, especially if you're trying to keep up. You're not trying to keep up. You have nowhere to go but up. So I guess my, in my analogy there is it's, is is that the similar way of thinking in terms of what you were doing with this whole handguard system and improving, you know, rigidity and stiffness? Yeah, I I mean, I looked at, I looked at it like all of everyone was just they started with a constraint and the constraint being the upper receiver. And I looked at it and said, "Well, take that upper receiver out and then like rebuild the upper and then where it attaches." Um and I, I was, I was trying to identify what the negative was, like of the current setup. What is the negative? And to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming most people have seen an upper receiver mm. or, or, or that are familiar with the AR platform. It's a fair assumption, yeah. Yeah. If not, I mean, there's the the back end of the gun, and there's about that much. Of an open thread. It's like an inch. Yeah. At, at, at uh, three quarter? Uh, between, yeah, about three quarter. But, uh, five eighths to three quarter. Yeah, so it's, yeah, not, it's, it's, it's not a ton. It's not and, a lot. I, and I'm sitting there going. That's that's your that's your barrel system. That's your 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 hand, your hand yeah, guard. Yeah. It's everything. There, I mean, there's a lot. And then of all the stuff you stack on the outside of that, right? You're running laser. You're running lights. You're running sights. You're running whatever. Yeah. Bipod. You're putting load on it. You're barricading you're strapping with your it. You're sling to it. Yeah. And on top of that, you've got a ton of action going. I mean, that is the that is the combustion side. You've got an explosion happening yeah. at that point. Um, <laughs> when when I bought Cobalt, I did not run those rifles in classes um, and in in different things that I did because I didn't feel like the product was deserving. And I'm not that guy that's gonna just because I own it doesn't mean I have to like it. Interesting. Um, so I ran my BCM rifles mm-hmm. and I own, probably own 11 of them. They're tried and true, man. They're great rifles. Um, and I remember they made some changes a few years ago talking about beefing up areas or changing dimensions and structure of like Ford Assist, uh, the the components behind it. And they talked about like that being a weaker area. And so I took that along with the the idea of a strong handguard and like why don't we invert it let's completely i call it deslaving um okay. but completely separate the handguard from the barrel because 
all of these all of these systems, the same exact component that you're attaching the barrel with, you're also attaching the handguard. And so any any force on one is going to affect the other. the other. Mm-hmm. And you've got you've got a protection. That handguard is a protection. It's also you know we add accessories on it's it, but it protects for, the barrel. Right, protects that gas tube. Protects the all of those things inside. Um, but it can it can protect it and do its same job without having to be slave to it. Um, and that was that was kind of the direction we went. Um, I actually had no thought of adoption like how how would it how be received it? or yeah. it was going to be adopted that's going to be my question and um that was actually calculated because well the the calculation of it was if it doesn't work i can start back over okay if i don't have the buy in on it i can start over but if i do have the buy in personally on, we're on to something here. and i can validate it hmm. I can I can have someone else try it and they can validate it and that's where I got into utilizing others. I'm going to build a base platform of where I think it should be. And when you do that and when you start like you, you talk about the you know a beta area in especially in in machining, you're going to miss a bunch of parts. You're going to miss details. Tons, you're right. going to miss like little things that afterwards you're like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't I do that?" It's an evolution, yeah, that yeah. Has to happen. You put a you put a product out that that validates your theory, and then you work to perfect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that going into the perfection side, I couldn't it, it couldn't be me or it couldn't be just me. And so, you know, three months after starting it, I was connected with uh, a former uh, Army Special Operations dude, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Hogg. Um, Warhog Tactical mm-hmm. is, uh, his, uh, his, his company and, uh, got connected to him, said, can I send you a rifle? And, and I, what's funny is I, I told him, look, I don't, I don't want you to tell me good that like the good of it. I want you to tell me what's bad. Like I'm I want to break just, it. Yeah. yeah give yeah. me your honest feedback. And he just laughed and he's like, <laughs> you know, that. You, you don't have you to don't, ask. You don't like, want I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, going to You're going to get it, yeah, whether you yeah, like gonna it or not. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, ironically, the first time we met was actually several months later. And uh, we that first time, he, he's like, can we go to the shop? And after I was trying to drop him off his hotel, and uh, he, we were there till like 2.30 in the morning. And he was just like going <laughs> after things. Not, not, not like, not bad or... <laughs> You know, was he beating you up? No, not for, he thought he was. Okay. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't personal and it wasn't like belittling in any way. It was, it, was it, it got to the point where it was just like minor pieces that I'm like, ah, I had never thought about that. But how could I? Like, that's not my background. Right. Um, I mean, up until this point, I was like, my, the bulk of my training was based around home defense, uh, concealed carry. Uh, you know, I'd never owned a plate carrier. Up, mm-hmm. in, up until Cobalt, but I started hearing people talking about how the stock interacts with your, you know, your loadout, your kit. And I'm going, what? Like, I would, why would I ever think of that? But then. That's why you get with these guys. Yeah. But then I'm going, well, f- my, I should know exactly. Like, I should have a clue what they're talking about. I'm never going to be them. But 
I need to at least have a little bit of uh, understanding of what they're going through. So I, I bought some kit. I bought some stuff that, I, you know, it's like all testing. It's all coming up, right? So you're like, you will fill this out as we go. Yeah. Going with it. Yep. So you got all these, like you're recognizing you have all these little fine adjustments that you have to make. You've got a design guy, right? You got some level of manufacturing, right? And you've got ideas. Now you got somebody that's kind of testing it in order to what's, what's the next step? Like, Oh God, okay. Now I have all these things that I, now I know what I don't know. Uh, aside from, you know, the kit stuff and whatever else, just in terms of the gun building piece, what has to happen next in order to kind of take the thing to the next level. Now I have all this feedback. Were you equipped to do this? Were you equipped to make these changes or the things that you needed to do next with the company in order to make those kind of changes to get like, lack of a better term, like the sign off from a guy like Rick. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, like being equipped to, to do those things, that's, that's what we were, we were perfecting was being able to take an idea or a problem that, that was seen and then come up with a solution for it. Um, what I wasn't equipped with was a, I'm not going to say go to market ability, but a, get the word out mm. ability in this industry. I don't come from one. I'm not a marketer, but two, I didn't have I couldn't, I wouldn't have ever been able to do that on my own to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it requires social media. And at that point I didn't even know where to go to get a login or like <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> so. Um, Just ask me for a profile picture. What the hell is that? What am I supposed to do? Here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, you know, there was a guy that kept reaching out to me and I'm, I'm like, dude, I've never met you. I'm not going to just like turn things over. Uh, his name's Jack Callahan, Whiskey Savage on, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, after about three months of him pushing and pushing and pushing, I'm like, all right, man, let's go down this path. But we're going to meet in person. Mm -hmm. And he came out, brought a, uh, a, a videographer and just a couple people just to, to roll. And by fate, uh, Gabe was uh, in the area and he was friends with the videographer and just so happened to show up and walked in. He looked like like hell, like he had been gone for three weeks and just working hard. And uh, he's like, I'm Gabe I'm with Roscoe Manufacturing. I'm like, dude, I have been trying to call you. Like, I'm sure you're slammed with everything else. He's like, man, I got you covered now. And it was like within a couple hours, things just kind of clicked and he kind of saw what we were doing. He understood the like, the vision I had um, and where we wanted to take things. And it just kind of launched from there. Yeah, Gabe's, Gabe's something. So I, met, I was, had the opportunity to meet Gabe the other day and spent spent some time over the last couple of days actually just, just rapping with him. And I just go back to kind of where I started with this and like you, 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 use the term we chose each other um, in these relationships and the, the company that you're building. And that one's an interesting one for me again, because this is a guy that's been wildly successful in, in the things that he's done before and uh, maybe a little bit undercover in, in, in some ways or way or another. And uh, you know, the guy that's reaching out to you, um, you know, constantly for three months and, you know, Hey, let's get together. Let's get together. And you're finally doing that. That was more for me of like that they're choosing you in a way mm -hmm. they're like they're jocking you they're like 
they're trying to court you or, you know, a guy like Gabe who you just kind of wound up in the same room together somehow or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like there's this magic, right. That happens. And that's, you know, like people like to tell stories like that. And I think that the story gets told a lot, but the reality of it is just not really there. It's a fairy tale, you know, like it's, it makes for a good story, but what's really going on, um, you know, you know, at the end of the day, but like Gabe's a guy who's like, like, I know I'm all in, you know, I'm all in with you now. I'm all in with Cobalt and we're going, we're going all the way to the end. I don't know what that looks like, but we're going all the way to the end. Just like you going, I'm buying this Connex box, you know, like, yeah. kind of thing. And I think that that's, that's the difference. There's no fighting it. It's just, I get you. I see where you're going with, you know, I see where you're going with this thing. And that's kind of what I get from some of the other guys on the team. I mean, you know, you got Mike P down there who's doing his thing and what, what he brings to the table. And then, um, you know, I met some of the sales guys, sales guys down there. And there seems to be this common thread of, no, I see, I see where you're going and I got you on this. And the part of what I get when talking with them and kind of seeing what's happening is that the trust that you have, they have in you to have maybe packed up shop from wherever they were previously to come do this thing with you. But the trust that you have with them to let them do their thing. Um, and you're not, my impression is, is that you're not being restrictive. You're giving them all the autonomy uh, that they need uh, because of there's, there's a trust there and they're producing, right? So there's, at the, at the end of the day, and Gabe's one of those guys, like he's just, man, he's out there. He's got all kinds of ideas. Do, do, do you ever have to pull like the reins back on, on him or whatever? Or do you just kind of let him do his thing? Only like once or twice a day. <laughs> That's like, good. I, I, I told him early on, like I'm not a marketer, but I've also run businesses. And as a marketer, you are going to want the world and when we use 5% or, you know, you're able to do 5% of what you want, like this is going to be the back and forth we, we deal with and how we pick and choose things um, because there's a lot of facets and a lot of things that have to be considered in every piece of the business. And, um, and until we're working as like, you know, firing on all cylinders where, you know, the focus isn't on sales this month and then production on this month and then marketing on the next month. Like that, that makes a very difficult growth pattern and, yep. and trajectory. Um, and so the idea be, being that we work as fast and as hard as we can to get it to where everything's running smoothly. Um, and then that 5% can come mm. 7%, 10%, and then, and then on and on. Um, and, you know, as I, I, it took me a long time to learn with Gabe because he is, uh, he's, he's, he's a passionate Cuban and, uh, that passion, uh, it comes like so raw. Uh, I know the type, man. Dude. Yeah. And like, I would think for the longest time, like I have just offended this guy, mm-hmm. like he hates me and he'd always, he'd always come back and be like, I'm not offended. Like, I'm going to give it to you hard, but like. Like at the end of the day, like I got, I just have your back. Right. And then once, man, once you, once words become like reality and you've got, when he tells me or, you know, when we tell each other, like I've got your back and it, it like, it invokes that like powerful feeling. 
that's when things get really, really special. Yeah, hair stands up on the back of your neck, right? And like, yeah. look, we're, we're doing this. And it, it may, may, maybe doesn't make you do things that are outside of character, but it certainly gives you like a confidence to be able to do things that you may have maybe had questions about. Um, and the things that you guys are doing look are pretty bold. Um, I mean, but at the same time, it's not brash. It's not, um, it's not in your face. It's not offensive. Uh, and you're telling the story here today to me and people are hearing that, but the people that are telling the story are the end users. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what I get. I mean, that's how this happened today is because I'm one of those end users and have talked to another end user. And they're the ones that are really like, well, the marketing is happening. Um, and I, like I said before, like in some of these end users are kind of, I would almost call like the middle user, right? Cause they're teaching more of the, Joe Citizen guys like me or even like law enforcement or whatever. So important to have those kind of relationships and build that kind of trust to where they'll have that same conversation with guys like me. Like, look, this is why we use this rifle or this is why we're using this product. Um, it's, you can give me all the technical specs and all the cool innovation and design things that you guys have put into it to make the product that you have. But there's also this, and by the way, let me tell you about the team, you know, and, and they all know you. Right, they all know you, and they all all said, you know, "I could drop names. I'm not going to do that." You know who these people are, but they're and for the people listening. If these people have been on the show, you know, and they're going to be on the show, and and you'll see them all over, you know, Instagram, and they're not, they are not the all show no go Instagram influencer. Like going back to like, I don't even know what an influencer is. I wouldn't know how to influence anybody. Mm-hmm. Any of there, these are these are just genuine dudes that really actually keep it a fairly low profile. Except if you know. And what I mean by that is like there's the Joe Citizen that knows it's really trying to get in touch with these guys or be around that circle of people that is doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. And by the way, they they also know their shit. They're doing a really good job with that. But it's also guys at a, at a much higher level, right, that are trusting you and trusting your company with the product. And what I find is they all talk with one another, and they're all they're all interacting and they're all engaging one another and just like you were calling up other people and asking them to punch holes in your you know in your product you know you go back to Warhawk Tactical right and like tear this thing apart and tell me everything I need to fix they're coming up with their own training programs or their own training methods um, they all share a very similar philosophy but their methods are a little bit different that's what makes them unique and individual they're checking in with one another like hey I'm doing this what do you think about this. Um, I, you know, I've, I, I just learned this and I'm thinking about making this change or send me that new, um, send me that new program or they're like, Hey, I just come up with this new program to send it to you, dude. Tell me what you think. It's interesting that that's, that's where, that's what's driving all of this now versus the top down with, let me market this to you. And let me tell you why this is the best product. These guys are, are developing their own product, right? But they're using, they're using your product as the tool right? For that, the tool of choice. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Like, how do you, how does that make you feel? Um, responsible. Like, I mean, I don't make a product that is, uh, and an attachment. I don't, I don't make a product that is, uh, a, a wall piece, like, that that just sits there in you know the benign object. Uh, I make something that is designed to save a life, to take a life, and 
<clears throat> the people that put that trust in me is, uh, it's humbling. And, uh, I mean, it, uh, dude, I have had so many sleepless nights, like anxiety, um, because of that. And, you know, I've told this story to a few people before, but, um, one of the guys I first met in, in California, he's a law enforcement officer, um, on a SWAT team. And he, we hit it off, man. We became really good friends. Uh, he uses the gun and was giving me lots of feedback. And one day he came to me and said, I just got approval and uh, I'm going to be running your gun as my duty rifle. And my heart sank. Right. Like that, uh, that responsibility. I mean, like I know him, know his family, know his kids. Like, yeah, to have that on like my shoulders. It's heavy. It's uh that's a that's a burden. And if you don't take that seriously, um I feel like that like I would I I couldn't see myself not taking that seriously. And uh it really kicked things into gear for me. And you know, I turned those sleepless nights of tossing and turning into time spent in the shop. Uh understanding where deficiencies were and how we can make it better. Our platform has always been around performance, the performance of that firearm, predictability, consistency. When you shoot that thing, how do we minimize the recoil enough that no matter if you've got a stable position in your shoulder, you're set and you're shooting, mm -hmm. or whether you're ducking behind something, sticking your gun around the corner, and right. having to fight for your life um, or behind a vehicle, behind whatever, it doesn't matter where it goes. That's that's what's important is you know exactly what's happening with the gun. Um, our buffer system, it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I'd been working on it. Uh, you know, I met Voltor uh, a while before and we were doing a few things with them. It was mostly just a meet and greet, but uh, Brandon over there had, uh, you know, it's one of those things like we just hit it off and like relationships are super important to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I find dudes that have that same passion or have that same uh, willingness to work with others and to make improvement and to do things, um, I, man, I latch onto those, mm -hmm. those things. And I also know that like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to solve everything. Yeah. I'm not the expert in everything. And, and be silly to think that I'd ever become it. So they had a cool product, but there were some changes that I was like, you know what, if we could do this, um, that's what I would like to see. And I would like to test it out. It took us about 13 months to, mm -hmm. to get to where we were. And you, like, you look at it and you're like, it's, that doesn't seem like a 13 month project, but there's a lot goes into that stuff. And I always tell people like, when you see a simplified product that is different, the process or, you know, my process anyway, is to take it as complicated as possible, achieve your result, and then go as simple as you can get it mm -hmm. because simplicity is, is repeatable. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's kind of the, 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 the game plan we did. And it was when we finally got that buffer system 
that all the other pieces that we're working on in there uh, to May, May, really the end of May this year, that I kind of, uh, that, that anxiety uh, eased. The responsibility didn't ease. Right, I gotcha. And the accountability didn't ease, but the anxiety that I had you from it You started to feel did. better about it all, yeah? I felt confident. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, we don't, we, you can't rest on that. It's a, it's a constant drive, but we, we, we know our par level and we know where we should be. Yeah, you mentioned the importance of the responsibility. The the, the guys that have sat in that chair, um, who I mentioned, are the guys that are talk so highly of you and your product. So the exact same thing about their responsibility as instructors, you know, and teaching people, you know, that it's on them. You know, they're they're teaching people life saving or life taking, you know, skills or fundamentals or things that they may have to use to protect their family or, you know, their loved ones or, yeah. you know, take on duty, you know, whatever they're, however they're making a living, you know, in this world. And so they take it as seriously. So when I hear people that, that teach and come from that background and then, you know, hear you and how they're you know, you get, uh, effectively combining forces, whether that's, you know, in a, in an agreement somewhere or not, it, it's, they're cut from the same cloth and they take it as seriously. So when I hear them recommending a product, I take it seriously. Um, and that's, that is different. It isn't an accessory. This is not an accessory. This is not something you strap on, can be easily, easily, sorry, easily replaced in the field or anything. There is zero room or margin for error or failure because the consequences, the ultimate consequence. Absolutely. Potentially one way or another. In terms of like the, the innovation and you know, you would think at some at some point, particularly with firearms, certainly technology changes, materials change, mm-hmm. things like that change. And keeping up with that has got to be a full time job. Like, what are, what's going on out there? How much of what you're seeing happening around you in the industry and with other? I mean, are you looking over your shoulder? Are you like, hey, these guys are doing, or these guys are doing this really well, and we should be doing more like that? Are you modeling? Do you, do you, do you model the things that you do after other people? I'm just curious, or is this really just very organic between you and the team and the people that you work with? Um, <clears throat> I have tried ever since I've had a driver's license to go straight while looking over my shoulder, talking to other people, <laughs> but it's not, it's, <laughs> that's a joke, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's no, you can't, you can't, you can't look behind you and have any expectation of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my guys, and I have said it from the very beginning, like we're never going to have the best rifle in the world. Our goal is to always have the second best because we should always be looking to make that, to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can't, if we lose sight of that or we look like, yeah, we made it, someone else is going to pass us. And I expect people to to make something that I feel is better than my product. Um, it'd be really sad if they didn't, because if all I'm competing with is myself, and don't get me wrong, like my opinion is my opinion, and and, and I'm certainly biased on things. Um, we all are, man. <laughs> but but if if in my own mind I'm just competing with myself, like this is going to be this is going to just turn into a circle. It's an echo chamber. Um, and I, I don't ever want to get to that point. Um, 
it's an, it's interesting though because as we were going out there and in, in reshaping what cobalt was, there was a there's a piece that we that we held on to um, in the entire process, and it was we it may feel like we're going backwards right now, but we have to reestablish a reputation. We have to build a reputation based off of quality delivering um, of, of our product. And so, you know, you look at my product and it's like, there's, there's some big differences, but there's only one component, like one piece of, of my product that is essentially not compatible with everything else in the market. And it's the way that hand guard and, mm-hmm. and upper mate. Um, there's a lot I want to do. You know, you talk about materials like, man, we're people still argue about a material that was chosen in the 50s for, for specific parts of the gun. And I'm going, I'm fairly certain we've created materials and alloys that are probably a bit better, significantly <laughs> better. Not to mention, we have machining capabilities that far exceed where we were years and years ago. Yeah. So, why aren't we thinking about this? Yeah. <sighs> It's easy to get stuck mm. and it's easy to, you know, companies that have massive success, those are the companies that typically fall behind. It takes, it takes big moves and it takes a big splash to kind of shake people awake. And, uh, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, we're moving in, in an organic, uh, in an organic way, but the trajectory that we have is way steeper than it should be. Um, but what you said should be, you're, you're being humble there, man. I mean, I get it. There's trajectory and there's velocity, right. And, and being successful. And I get what you're, what I hear from you is you're, you're downplaying the, the trajectory at which you're continually headed, which is up, but you're talking about the angle of that tra- trajectory right now, but you're being very patient with the velocity, but at some level, right, trajectory is going to probably uh, catch up, right? And that velocity is going to start going up at a very, very steep angle as well. And a lot of times that comes with a new product or some, be doing something that's completely different or innovative. And I hear you like being very aware of... Uh, self-reflective, like not being in that echo chamber, like asking yourself the hard questions and asking other people to answer the hard questions for you. Um, so I, the question that I have then is we're, we're looking at this trajectory and it's looks pretty great to me, man. I'm from the outside looking in as a business owner, as a consumer, uh, just as a dude, as a, you know, as a fan. Uh, and also I, I like to think myself as as about as fair as well read as I can be mm-hmm. on what's going on out there like what what is my capability what's my bandwidth and whatnot and I see that thing moving in, a, in an incredible way I think there's a lot of businesses could learn from the things that you just said that right there but with velocity on the velocity aspect is, is there things that you can talk about or is there something that you're maybe more of the question is what are you the most excited about right now with regard to cobalt? Like, what's the thing that you already told us what sort of keeps you fired up on a daily basis, right? That underlying sort of, you know, motivation to this has to be right every single time. We can't put that out. 
Was there anything that gets you fired up beyond that, like that you're super excited about right now? We've got some things in the works. <laughs> um, you know, for, for the longest time. I every, try, guys. I try. Yeah, <laughs> for the longest time, everyone, like, asks us about our large frame yeah. uh, platform, uh, you know, 308, mm-hmm. 65 Creedmoor. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Um, Cobalt 1 had one. <laughs> and again, I bought one from another company a couple of years like better? and it was significantly better. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, we're cutting that one. Like, I'm not going to put a product that I don't, I'm not going to use myself out. Um, but been kind of slowly working. Um, you know, the timing has to be right. Uh, more, the most important thing was that the, the small frame platform was uh, to a spot we wanted it mm-hmm. to where that could then mature in, in its, in its iteration. And we're, we're at that spot. We're in the middle of that spot right now. Um, large frame stuff is, uh, is in the works. It's coming. Awesome. Um, had a conversation last week with my design engineer that, uh, he's, I, I guarantee you he's not happy with me because we've been going down a path and I just up and, Pulled the plug on it. 180 them. Yeah. And he at least, he, he got it. It made sense to him. And so it was like, okay, I understand why we're doing this. But you're literally going back to the drawing board now? Oh, fully. Yeah. Like that, this, like, I think we're, we're to a spot, at least we'll be to a spot when we launch that, that it, it, it won't be, it won't be out of this world, what we're doing. And, and and how it's being structured, there will it'll be there'll be a narrative around it that allows, um, you know, kind of like what with with our upper receiver right now. When we when we pull it apart, when we go over it with people, they're like, "Oh, that makes sense. Like, that makes a lot of sense." And that's I think that that's where this will go to. It won't be wildly different to you know completed product won't look you know crazy. We're not putting spikes on it. <laughs> It's not so. going to be, not going to be red barrels and you know blue comps and stuff. Um, that's interesting what you said there about the having to go back to the. Well, I said going back to the drawing board, but you said pulling a one eighty on them. We opened this up, or you opened this up with the blank canvas, uh, and that being a little bit out of, out of character, um, and walking into a situation with that blank canvas. But what an awesome opportunity, right, to have that that blank canvas and be able to do what you want the way that you want for the reasons that you feel are the right, right things or right reasons and the intentions there. The, what, what I'm hearing you say is, is like, well, I guess what I take away is what a, what a fantastic place to be in business and life and with the team that you have around you and what you're currently doing to be able to have a blank canvas again. Right. And, 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 or maybe you had some stuff on a canvas and just go, you know what? No, let's start over. Because not everybody, not all these companies have that ability to do that. They don't have the, the ability to, like, it's a cliche term, but pivot in that way or self-correct is more, I think, what the term should be in that way. Like, mm-mm, this isn't where we're going because they're already so far down the investment path. They're trying to fulfill somebody else's, like a board of directors agenda. Mm-hmm. Um They've already committed to, or overcommitted to something, a contract or a multitude of contracts, or they're feeling that 
They're looking over their shoulder because they know somebody else could step in. You're not, you're not having to worry about any of that stuff. No. And I mean, the AR platform, it's a little bit different than the large frame stuff because there is a definite standard and there is a, a long history and tradition of a standard. Um, you get into that 308 realm of things, there's not, there's some acceptances and there's some quasi standards, but you still have two very distinct uh, structural platforms. And so it was already one of those things where we could step back and say, do we want to choose one? Do we want to choose the other? Do you want to combine them? Do you want to combine them with a mixture of what we're doing on the other side? And then it got to the point where I'm like, like, this is not a bigger AR-15. This is not a bigger, hmm. just, you know, it's not just... It's just not more bulky. It's not just like taking two fingers and like right. expanding it out a little bit. Yeah, on it's, your screen. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a, there's geometries, there's pressure, there's there's uh, there's capabilities that these these pieces or these, these rounds have that is very difficult to achieve in, in that smaller platform uh, for, I mean, for good reason. So why do we have, why do we feel like we have to like start with, with a box? Um, let's just bury it and start with what we like the end result we want. And then we work backwards. You reverse engineer it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's funny to say that now. Um, but I think when, once it's done, it'll, it'll, that, that result will kind of show that that's exactly what we did. Yeah. That's to me, that's so exciting because you get to, you really get to go through the process and how cool for the people on the team to be a part of that, to be able to see and give their, their input or their feedback, however much is shared or not shared, or, you know, you may not want a lot of those opinions, but I don't know. But, uh, working again, going into it with the trust and the honesty that exists out there in the, in the it's called quote unquote friends that you have in the industry as you're going along where you can check in with them and not feel, not feel pressured into putting together a product or putting out a product that you're not fully happy with or may not perform to the standard that you'd like it to perform to. And what I get from you is, is you're about setting a new standard. Um, and I, that might sound a little bit weird. And that isn't what you said. That's just what I'm saying, right? You're set. you look to set a new standard for that particular platform. And who's to say you can't, you know, everything, like you said, there's one of two, you're in this camp or in that camp, or we're doing this or we're doing that. Why? Again, going back to the handguard, right? Well, why are we being limited by that? And that, that's the, one of the most exciting parts about the industry as a whole for me is I think there are, there are people like you and, and, uh, and cobalt that are thinking that way. And, they're generally lesser known, right? Now, Cobalt's mm-hmm. making a name for itself, man. It's it's really coming around. Um, and but I see a lot of other as I'm here at Shot Show and I'm visiting with people and some people I know, some people I don't know. But I'm I'm listening to them and they're very much in the same mindset. And they could have so much. They could take so much away from you know what you're providing right now about. Like I'm just gonna say it. it might sound cheesy or corny, people. It's very fucking brave. I mean, it's bold. You know, some of the things you guys you guys are doing and the way you've structured it, um, and that that kind of decision-making process or kind of the, well, we don't really, we don't really necessarily need to follow this tried and true system again, or 50 years ago of making parts and connectors or whatever the, where the hell else is out there. And the old school going, yeah, well, 
he's he's barking up the wrong tree or he's going down the wrong path. These guys are just trying to do something fancy or whatever else. When the, it's not in the name of any of that at all. It's really about making a better product. And so there's these factions of people holding the industry back that call themselves innovators that kind of gatekeep or hold the keys to huge marketing dollars or, you know, budgets or, you know, 10,000 square foot booths at SHOT Show or, or whatever the case is. It's not to take anything away from them. But they're limiting themselves when you're looking at it going, this is limitless. But we're not trying to get to the end at a velocity that doesn't make sense to make sure we can provide that provide that product. That is refreshing because we see so much stuff being turned out. I mean, I'm walking around downstairs. I'm looking at it. That looks really cool. But I would never buy that. And that doesn't serve anybody's anybody's needs at the end of the day. It really is about the basics and the things that you need on a daily basis. There's a lot of things you can strap on your gun or, mm-hmm. you know, put in your backpack or wear on your feet or whatever the hell, you know, you're talking about. You guys are are, are really just literally twisting the dials and the key, the quality control pieces being so high for you. I've mentioned that on other shows about Cobalt from what I know. And and I think those are the those are the real pieces that drive the innovation to a level that it, I don't know. I'm probably not articulating this the right way, but there's there's a little bit of genius in it. Um, but there's yeah, also, definitely not articulating yeah, so, it. Yeah, right I know. It's, I knew you're you're going to say that. I think there's, but I think there is, man. I think there's a, a little bit of genius in it. And I, I respect that. You know, you're being very humble about it, but it is impressive to me. I think it's encouraging too that there are people that are doing this because, you know, again, as big as the industry is, people are they always default, oftentimes default to kind of, well there's this brand and they've always done it this way and they've, they've got that, but they also have, you know, enough backing. There's, there's enough margin there for them to not get, to turn out a product that maybe isn't that good. Right. And it's not going to kill them, you know, as a, as a company, when they get bad feedback on it, or quite frankly, it literally or figuratively blows up in somebody's face. You don't have that either. Right. Which, which I respect, like what I mean by that is, is like, that type of thing based on everything you've just said, like turning out a product that you wouldn't be happy with, that you know maybe has some some flaws that may not perform, I imagine would ruin a company like Cobalt in a heartbeat. Wouldn't take very long. Uh, I mean, that would ruin me as an individual. That's the bigger point. More than anything, yeah. That's the bigger point. I think that's what, you know, because I'm again on the consumer end of things on a lot of a lot of these things. I think more than ever, people want to know who they're getting their stuff from. You know, who who are the people behind this? And it's not just the influencer that's using it, but who are the people that are putting it out? And that's not been a thing in this industry for a long time. It's or forever. It's really been there's a CEO somewhere, right? There's a board of directors somewhere. There's a private equity fund that's dumped millions and millions or more than that into to this company. You're just going off a brand or a label or a, you know, what's stamped on the, you know, st- stamped on the Magwell or whatever the, whatever the thing is. People, people are, are starting to, to respect who the people are that actually are building this stuff. That's why this shot show is so important. I think like, so we don't get that opportunity to get exposure to, to guys like you out there. So I'll ask another question, just not I'm watching this person from behind or what's on my heels. But is there anybody in the, in the industry like right now that really motivates you or really inspires you like as a builder, as a maker, as an owner, as a CEO? There are, there's, there's several. Um, I would love to be able to, uh, 
just talk them up because some of these people have uh, a misperception of uh, of who they are, and uh, it just in in my opinion, it's people who either don't know them or have just taken something at face value and 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 kind of run with it. Um, I'd love to call them out too, or not call them out, but like call the people that did that or said that. Yeah. No, like I, I'd love to talk. I, I've I, I've got some stuff that I'm working on with NDAs that I can't like some of these people, but uh, hopefully, hopefully one day soon I will be able to. Um, there are a few. Um, uh, Voodoo Gunworks, Paul Parrott. Okay. Um, he's a longtime guy in the industry, was with PMC a long time. Um, he's doing some really cool stuff. They make uh, Voodoo Gunworks makes, and they started making uh, higher-end 22s, um, you know, from a training side or the NRL um, um, 22 side. Okay. Um, at, when I first thought that, I'm like, man, that is a stupid expensive 22 rifle. But what they do and the the way that they do it, and then the constant drive that he has to recognize a need for improvement, but then also um, the people he has surrounded himself with, uh, I have a massive amount of respect. And he's just such a good dude. Like him and his wife Jill, they're like the sweetest people um, as, as a couple. Um, who else from? A company level. I don't know. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in this industry. Like a lot of the guys I work with, um, you know, um, I told you I was a big fan of knives. Mm-hmm. Um, Microtech knives. Mm-hmm. Been a lifelong well, I'm probably not a lifelong fan because um, I don't remember much earlier than than kind of high school on that side. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, I just remember for the longest time wanting to be able to afford one day a Microtech knife. And um, when I started Cobalt, well, when I bought Cobalt, um, about eight, nine months into it, um, we had an opportunity to uh, have our rifles in in a uh, kind of a competition thing and uh, walked up to a guy. I'm like, excuse, you know, excuse me, are you, uh, are you X-Ring channel on, on, uh, on YouTube? He's like, yes, sir. And, uh, I'm like, you used to shoot for cobalt, didn't you? Yes, sir. Can I ask you what your experience was like? And this, this it's a hilarious story to me, but it was literally the, the words that I first heard him say were, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the worst fucking experience of my life. Wow. Um, is Ray Helms is, is who it is. Um, he his YouTube channel is, uh, the X-Ring channel. And I, I remember sitting there going, that doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, I'm sorry, introduce myself. Um, you know, I bought the company last year, made some changes. I would really love your opinion. And he walked over and he picked them up and he immediately grabbed and looked at one thing. He's like, okay, we well, changed that. That's good. What's going on here? Hmm, that's interesting. And then uh, it's like, can, can I just get you to try it? Like, I'm a different guy. I'm not that. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just want your opinion. 
I knew immediately from like those first three responses that he was a guy I wanted to work with because he's so honest, like brutally honest. And he has no, no qualms about holding back Mm -hmm. or sugarcoating anything. Um, A couple months later, he, uh, we started working, talking together and uh, he reached out and said, Hey, you know, I work for Microtech Knives, the owner, Tony Marfione. Uh, And he's like, I don't do this often. Um, I really don't, but he would really like if you build him a rifle. And and he's like, like, didn't know if I knew who Microtech was and had no idea what that impact was for me. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, you know, How cool. super fanboy uh, yeah. on, on that piece. And I was like, man, that would, that, are you sure? Like, <laughs> like he's, he's, he's on a, he's way cooler than I am. Um, but I got an opportunity to, uh, to travel with him a little bit um, to a to a tournament or to, to a competition shooting competition, and it was just he and I in a truck, and um, I, he gave me so much advice and so much of his personal experience in the firearms industry and in the you know the, just the the manufacturing side of things. It was uh, it no longer was that fanboy side of things, but like a mentorship and and. Uh, like they're like a friend that that came out of it, and I, I mean, I'm sure he has no idea the impact he had from that point. Um, and it's interesting. I, you know, you hear people have different opinions of people, and 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 they don't they don't always know who who the individual is, or um, they don't take a step back and and kind of look at them from the individual basis. I think we get way too wrapped around, you know genericizing everyone. I don't even know if that's a word, but it just sounds right. Like we, we lump people into categories mm-hmm. um, and then judge them based off of that. And, you know, I experienced, I was experiencing on a micro level, a lot of the things that he, he had shared with me and just that mentorship side of it and, and who he is as like at his heart. Um, I, I have so much respect for that dude. And uh, he's, become a good friend, like a really good friend. I think, um, just going back, you've mentioned it now. I think you said it three or four times in, in the last couple of minutes. And that is the, uh, the willingness to share, like, and reach out and be honest, um, about like opinions or about things, wanting that honesty in return, um, being smart, you know, and then having that intelligence, there's an intelligence level. There's also in some, some sense of that there's an emotional intelligence. Like I'm being very honest with you. I'm not, it's not an attack, but you ask me for my opinion. So I'm going to give you my mm-hmm. opinion. Don't ask me for my opinion if you can't handle that, you know, kind of thing. But then you finished it all up with those things with, and such a good dude, you know, and the wife and the husband, just like the sweetest people. It's the same shit people are saying about you, Aaron. Try to be a good dude. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, and I, so I think, you know, just in terms of the influence that you're having, you know, uh, again, in the business and whatnot, and, and the, the, again, the innovation on the product and, you know, what you're doing for people, the responsibility you feel to it, it, it may be more common than I understand or that, that we know or whatnot, but it's not a lot of people talking about that. So I appreciate you bringing that to the table and being honest and upfront. I wish more people would spend less time, you know, looking at, looking at, um, you know, Cerakotes, not to take away from your Cerakote guy, and spend more time looking at 
where did this product actually come from and how did it get here? Or more, and obviously more importantly, at the end of the day, how did it wind up in my hands? You know, who were the people along the way that influenced this? And if I, if I take a calculated approach to, you know, making sure that I put this product, you know, the right kind of product in my hand and the reasons why, like, let's take some real, like real stock on how I wound up where I am with, with this tool, whatever it is, or whatever product it happens to be, uh, because I think that's important. I think that's what's driving this business. And here's the other thing that I, that I see is particularly here at the SHOT Show is um, it, this might be my first experience. And again, mm-hmm. sort of, I, I look at myself as an infant in this whole thing and trying to take it all. It's very overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. extraordinarily overwhelming, actually, as I think is probably the right way to describe it, is there have been sort of these older factions that have always driven the thing, right? And there are companies like yours that are driving their own things in their own way. And then there are people that are caught in the middle of this, right? Uh, and they're trying to figure out where they belong. And they're that, and that's the important part, of, I think, about the show and bringing the people together mm-hmm. is because I'm having these conversations with people like you and I'm seeing like people are starting to get it. Like, and there's like a whole nother, I was actually having this conversation with with Gabe. Um, we, we almost said, you know, like finish one another's statement is like there's the second generation yeah, you're, you're sticking because you probably had the same conversation with them. It's like this, it's like this 2.0 of the gun industry that's coming through right now. And you're starting to see this, this maturity, right? And this, this broad, this, this is much broader depth of field than they've had, than people have had, or at least seemingly have had in a very long time. It's very smart. It's very calculated. It's very, it's very entrepreneurial versus I'm just going to work for the guy and take the paycheck and, maybe make compromises in my integrity or the things that I really believe because I need my, you know, I want to get paid or mm-hmm. I, I can't take a step back here. Like I've worked so hard to get to where I am for whatever those reasons and whatever you've got liability wise, and lifestyle wise and whatever else. And they're, they're either unwilling or they don't have the intestinal fortitude to step out of that, to maybe start something new and contribute to this 2.0 version that I see happening. Um, and that I am excited to, at some level, be a part of because those are the people I want to talk to, right? Those are the the people that are bringing this up. I don't know if you see it the same way. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was actually laughing because Gabe will always try to finish your sentence for you. <laughs> like, <Okay>. um, <laughs> that's that is funny. Nah. <laughs> uh, it's that Cuban thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, th- I, I think. Uh, as a macro society and, and just human nature, our tendency is to take the path of least resistance. And so when there is a, you know, a standard, a culture, a, um, the way things have always been, it's, it's easier to, to just float. Go with the flow. And most people, most people do. I mean, success isn't, a uh, a common place. It's not. It's not an easily achieved thing. I mean, you look at you know, in every facet of life, it's the few that rise to the top. Um, it's the few that are different. It's the few that, and that's why it's it's hard for me to generalize 
and so I, I really try to take a look. Just, I mean, it's, it takes a conscious effort and a deliberate effort to look at the individual and to, to pull everything else back. I don't care what person X said about person Y. Mm-hmm. If I don't have an experience with person Y, why would I just lock stock and believe person X? Like mm-hmm. that, that, that to me is, is, is a disingenuine, um, skew at life. I mean, it makes things tougher. It makes things like way more depressing. I'd rather like, okay, if this person doesn't like this person, maybe it's a personal problem. Maybe it's something like I actually can like both of them and have a good relationship with both of them. And it's been a lot for me. It's just easier. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm busy. (laughs) And if (laughs) there's not a lot of extra energy, I'm sure in there for any of that other garbage. Yeah, but it's also a choice to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, it's easy to get there, but then like you just kind of swirl in this like misery of of things. And I think from a political stand, like standing of where things are with with firearms, with our industry, with you know po- politics in general, um, I think the few are starting to pop up and become more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people are kind of taking a stand and saying, like, I'm not that way and we need to we need to be better. Mm-hmm. And generationally we change constantly. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it it seems like it's forever. Yeah, it does. You're right. It's actually a really good perspective and kind of looking at it, but you're right, like the 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 few getting them maybe a little louder, not more aggressive, just louder, right? And maybe the message is starting to come together. I think they're they're also I'm I'm seeing that I'm feeling that and you're right about being in the middle of it and I have a patience issue so I'd like to see it happen faster and I'd like to see more change happen <laughs> happen faster and I'd like to see people stop doing stupid stuff you know or saying stupid things but I think a little bit of that comes with a few of the few you know sometimes need to stand up and go no and I'm not taking that money anymore or I'm not going to be part of this team anymore mm-hmm. and here are my reasons why like not, I hate you or your product sucks or whatever else. I'm making this decision for my own reasons. And here's what some of those are. And they're generally, again, it's those partnerships, those relationships, like courtship, um, whether it's business or otherwise, like that's to be a goals and values alignment. You know, I, I talk about this and that that's a tough balance to keep. But it, as long as it starts in the right place, it's usually okay. Like, and it, but it, if it feels like it's getting off base, then we can always come back to those things. Like, okay, hold on. Like, what are our goals and what are our values? And if those things start to become disaligned or unaligned or challenged in any way, it's generally when you start having issues. Um, and if people aren't respectful of what those are and supporting other people in those things, in those two things, I think it's it's right to be able to stand up and go, nope. I, our values are not aligned here anymore. Like we are moving two different directions and that's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's fine. But I need to make a change. This isn't a personal thing. These are things that are, it just is, I don't really like this term because it is very reductionary, but it is what it is. So if we can't move together in this direction with these things as our as our home base, it's time for me to move on and do something different. Um. Yeah, when, I, I hope we see more of that. Yeah, well, I mean, when when your values and your purpose, you know, you know, you, you say goals. Mm-hmm. I say, like for me, it's my purpose. What's what's my purpose? Why, yeah. My values. I'm gonna. Those are those are easier 
to, because as long as I'm honest with myself, the values are going to stay there. Yeah. My purpose, as long as that purpose can be affixed to what it started out to be, mm. and the, the way we get there can, sure. you know, can change. But if, if, if I'm not basing everything and, and keeping that in line, your purpose can change. And sometimes our scenario in, in life and business, like it kind of can, can dictate a little bit where the purpose goes, but we need people around us to constantly kind of re reposition us. Everybody say, like, does. Yeah. Dude, recheck your purpose. Yeah. And if we just start having that mentality in, in everything that we do. And, and for me, like, uh, I mean, I'm not really philosophical <laughs> at all, um, or, or you know, uh, like preachy in, in how I how I how I do things. But um, it it just makes sense to be simplified. And if everything in life kind of follows the same pattern, um, you know, down like my clothing, yeah, like right, it's right. gonna be simple there. Right. But like every decision I make, whether it's a product that I want a structure for my business, my interaction with my family, my interaction with my friends, everything kind of follows that same path of justification and that justification, like what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. Um, define your purpose and just stick there. And as long as you have good intentions, something's gonna, you yeah. know, it's, it's usually gonna, a positive, yeah. positive result. Yeah. You're either going to hit your mark or like you're still gonna be able to sleep at night. Right. Come back to home base and reevaluate. Yeah, absolutely. Go back a different direction. Wise words, my friend. Wise words. I cannot thank you enough for um, taking time of what I know is an extraordinarily busy schedule for you. You've been giving a lot of people your energy and your time, and um, that includes the people on your staff, but all the people here at Shot Show. Again, I see every time I go by, I've been by the Cobalt booth in the last couple of days. It's People five deep, you know, wanting to wanting to chat and, uh, and and talk with you guys and get a piece, um, and I, you guys are giving them that. Like, there's long long conversations happening at that booth, but it also looks like friends and family. You know, there's a lot of high fives, a lot of handshakes, a lot of chest bumps, um, and uh, that's part of the reason I was so excited to meet with you today, man. So, I know you're probably not the, the high five and chest bump type of dude, but um, I appreciate you you being here today and and uh, being so given and so generous. My height prevents the high five, so <laughs> I'll just hug wherever I kind of roll up to someone. <laughs> I get you, man. Thank you, thank you again, and for your honesty and for trusting me. You know, to sit down and have this conversation it means a lot. Well, thank you. I, it's not a difficult thing. Like we we chatted and uh, texted back and forth a little bit, and like. I've seen some of your stuff. Like, you know, you mentioned the family thing. Mm -hmm. There's always room for family to grow. And anyone who wants to jump on that journey, because it is, it's a journey that the, like everyone should be contributing to. And I like to think that it's been kind of a quick uh, mating, a quick, a, a, a quicker way that uh, you've kind of come into that, that same kind of family. Um, regardless of where things go um, and, and how, you know, how, how we, uh, we interact going forward. But man, like you've just kind of, you know, everyone in my group, it's been awesome. Yeah. It means a ton. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. 
If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.